Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today, I'm joined by Anna Frapwell, founder of digital marketing agency Neon. Anna has over 20 years industry experience working at one of the world's biggest ad agencies and in-house for some well-known household names. And we're going to be chatting about Facebook ads and what you need to have in place as a product business before you even think about spending money on advertising. Thanks for joining me today, Anna. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you here. Now, I know that this is going to be such a valuable session for people that are listening today. But just before we get into that, I'm curious as to what led you to set up Neon Digital. Okay. So it's it's something I've always wanted to do, but kind of didn't realize it was something I'd always wanted to do. And it's kind of been deep rooted, I suppose. I'd worked for some as you mentioned, big advertising agencies. I'd worked for some large retailers. And during that time, there were things that I loved about those jobs, but there were things that I really didn't like about those jobs. Um, And I knew that I loved kind of that agency life. I loved working with lots of different clients. I got a real buzz from that. But there were lots of things about agency life that I really didn't like for myself, for my peers and for clients. So I was quite keen to create something eventually um, that kind of was what I've always wanted. The agency I've always wanted to work for, basically, is what I wanted to do. Um, didn't really think that was, I thought that was quite far off. Didn't really think it was a here, you know, it was going to happen as quickly as it did. Um, and then alongside that, I used to um, head up the PR for a um, lingerie retailer called Bravismo. Yeah. And it makes me feel really old because when I was at Bravismo, we kind of, it was when Facebook was just starting to emerge. So we kind of set up the Facebook page and we did all those kind of things. And it was kind of the real early days of seeing how powerful digital marketing or certainly social media platforms were and it was I'd been working traditionally in PR with um, print um, and journalists and TV and things like that and actually this was something really new at the time and quite exciting and it was accessible that was what the, the biggest thing for me is it took something that was previously quite um, out of reach for a lot of companies, um, small companies, and it made it really, really accessible. Um, So it was about bringing those two things together, creating this agency I've always wanted to create and delivering something for companies that maybe may not have been able to get to that point as early on in their business as they can now. Um, It was in the back of my mind. And then it was one of those kind of age old things I was in a situation where I was um, for another company, neither of the ones I've mentioned, but for another company um, in a situation where I had an unfair dismissal. Um, and it was two weeks before I was giving birth, about to give birth to my my youngest. And God. actually at the time it was like, oh my God. But then I thought, Do you know what? It's now or never. 
And as much as that felt like an awful thing at the time, it was a massive. It was the push. The universe yeah. sent you a big push. It, well, it kind of <laughs> did because I I don't think that that would have you know it well it wouldn't have ever happened if um yeah if it had I think yeah. I think and that happens with a lot of people that do start their own businesses. Fear has held them back and then they're in a situation where, you know, it they're in then the situation where actually this becomes possible and the idea really starts to take root and, and happens. So thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> so if I am a new business and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about Facebook advertising, I'm like, do I do it? What do I want? What do I need? What is the advice that you would give me? So funnily, we were talking about this just before we we started and it's um, I've had a couple of um, messages in the last 24 hours from businesses who are like, we really want to work with you. We'd love to do that. But actually, what I say to people before anything is, do you have X, Y, Z in place? And if it's a no, then, you know, I'm always like, go away and get that sorted. And it's about having those foundations in place so that when you start running Facebook ads, Google ads, whatever it is that you're investing your hard-earned cash into, that you are in a place where it's got the best chance to perform. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about the foundations, I mean things like, have you got a product that is proven? Do you have something that you know is going, it sells, it sells organically on its own without you putting any spend behind it. It might not sell in vast numbers, but you know it sells, you know there's demand for it, you know there's desire for it. Um, Are you present on your social media channels? Are you consistent on your social media channels? Again, you don't have to have enormous follower numbers, but just that consistency, just that kind of well-oiled machine organically is really, really important. do you know who your audience is? And I know lots of people talk about understanding who your customer is and things like that, but it's about not just kind of thinking, okay, my customer is, I don't know, a 35-year-old mum of two who lives in Wiltshire, who works part-time. You know, it's it's deeper than that. It's what is that mum going through and how does your product make her life easier, make her life better? How will she feel when she uses that product? So it's thinking beyond what your product USPs are and thinking about what is that sizzle that yeah. your product creates. And that's really important. Like right, the, the emotional connection that the customer yeah. will have with the product or your brand. Exactly, because with the best will in the world, when people believe that their product is unique, quite often it's not. Mm. <laughs> So it's, and it's quite a hard conversation to have with someone because yeah, as a business owner, you're passionate, rightly so, you should be, you have invested so much time and you've invested so much into this product, but it usually isn't unique. So it's about making, finding out what it is about your product that creates that emotional connection and really pushing that and pushing it organically, pushing it in paid everywhere. And then finally, and really importantly, is um, making sure that your website converts, that it is, you know, that your customer journey is spot on, making sure that, um, you know, there isn't places where people bounce, that there is no kind of drop off before that um, checkout. You know, making sure that that website is optimized as to, you know, the best of its ability, because it's a bit like that saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And you can have the best Facebook ads, the best Google ads, the best kind of outreach in the world. 
But if someone lands on their web, your website and they don't convert, well, that yeah. just wasted all your money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that sounds so obvious and so simple, but it's amazing how many businesses don't look at that before they then start putting money into ads because they're not the silver bullet and they worked better kind of eight months ago than they do now. We've had lots of changes. So, you know, we have to work harder and smarter. And with the customer side of things and researching more into that, are there any, um, is there any advice that you can give to people in terms of how to find out how their brand is connecting with the customer or how, or what their customer needs emotionally? Yeah. Do you know one of our biggest tips or my biggest tips and things that we do with all our clients is to really maximize um amazon to the best of your ability because you will find a product that is similar to yours or it falls within the same niche and then you go and look at the reviews but you don't look at the good ones you look at the bad ones right and okay you look at what people are saying negatively about that product if you then reverse engineer that and you say see okay well they're talking really negatively about this product in this way. Can our product fill that gap? Is is our product the the kind of solution to the issue all these people are having? And it then helps you not only with kind of that emotional connection and working out what that gap is, it also helps you with um, tone of voice. So it helps you um, pull out because there'll be a, even in the positive reviews, there will be a language that that customer uses and making sure that you connect with that customer in the language that they are using. Um, And to some extent, people will know a lot about that anyway, because if it's their niche, they know how people talk about it. But there are certain nuances that you can pick up through Amazon reviews, which is just like and then be able to use that tone of voice in your sales and marketing in your in your posts on Instagram I think another good one as well is for people to join forums or Facebook groups and just stalk them a little bit and just be an observer and just really kind of see what the reactions are what the what people are talking like you say the tone of voice language what are people talking about and how are they talking and the way they kind of the 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 way they talk about things so you know what what terminology do they use and things like that one of the the other thing we work a lot with baby parent um kids brands and so there are loads and loads of buy and sell groups on Mm -hmm. facebook for brands that may be competitors to some of our clients and we do exactly that we will stalk those groups (laughs) and see what people are saying about kind of our competitors, what they love about the competitors and, you know, what it, what are they, it, those unique selling points that are genuine unique selling points because your customers are telling you so, not because they're what you think. Yeah. Because quite often they're not, what you think isn't actually the reality. And that that's quite a hard kind of pill to swallow sometimes because if you've worked really hard at developing something or putting something together and when we do it ourselves you you kind of you think you know what your audience wants and then it's this about doing the research isn't it really and then you find out actually that that isn't quite the angle it's quite sometimes it's quite hard to kind of pivot that and 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 move away from what you thought was right it's a bit like we have lots of clients come to us and say oh, I just want to run ads on Instagram. I don't want to run them on Facebook. And we'll go, okay. And they'll say, well, it's where all my organic engagement is. It's where I sell everything. I don't think my customer's on Facebook. And I'll go, tell you what, why don't we just test it? We'll see. And then um, 
if if that's the case that's that's brilliant but then we we know we've we've got the proof there we know for sure um and it, nine times out of ten facebook's where okay, 11 times out of 10 probably. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was being nice <laughs> yeah i, I thought you might have been yeah you know and it's but it's hard, isn't it? When you're in a business all yeah. the time, it's really hard sometimes to step out and actually take the emotion out of your brand um, as, a, as a business owner that's, you know, really grafted to get it yeah. to where it is. You are so emotionally attached to things and it's so hard sometimes to actually step out and um, think of it from a different angle. And then on the website side of things, so people can use um, tools such as Hotjar yes. to see how people are shopping and where they're abandoning and where they're kind of yep. leaving the shop essentially, mm-hmm. and then try and fix those areas before that they, like you say, there's no point spending money on advertising no. if the if you think of it as a bricks and mortars place, the stocks have the 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 stock is half full on the shelves, or exactly. you yeah. know the fixtures aren't looking great, or there's no customer service there to help you yeah. get your size, you know. And I think that it's getting those things in place, like you say, before then you start spending, you put your hand in your pocket and you start spending some money. Yeah, and it's you know, and it goes as well online. You know, if if being prepared, if you are going to spend some money on ads. You know, what if they do fly? What if they do do really well? What are you going to do about replenishing that stock? Um, which is a tricky one for a small business because you are so um, confined by kind of your factory sometimes by, you mm. know, how much, you know, there's a fear of buying too much in and then not being able to sell it through. There's so so many factors. So, you know, we work with people and we all kind of say, well, okay, we appreciate that, but let's think about a strategy if this does sell really really well and we usually have an inkling if something is going to mm-hmm. um so one of our clients for example she's got um a jumper that is she's mainly kids wear but she's also got some adult stuff and she's got a jumper that has just gone crazy um and it's about you know how okay so that's sold out we're, we're limited by that but actually let's now use that as an opportunity to capture people's data to get their email addresses so that when we do get this back in stock we can email them and actually if we've got their email address and that's data that we own and then we can use that for retargeting purposes for other things so Mm -hmm. you know that's that's one of those things you know stock is quite often an issue with a, a certainly with a smaller business um and like you say just making sure that that you know, if someone's got their money ready to spend, that you make it as easy as possible yeah. to get to that checkout and get through that whole process, that there aren't like loads of questions, that there aren't loads of boxes to tick, that there aren't, you know, as, and again, going back to Amazon, we are conditioned, sadly, by the yeah. Amazon Prime purchase. Well, like probably a three-step, is it two-step Exactly, step we step all process. know. It's a bit like, I quite often liken it to, you know, like when you get in a car and you go to the supermarket and you sometimes get there and you don't know how you got there because you're so on autopilot that yeah. you've kind of gone, oh, I don't actually remember having that journey because it's just something you do. Yeah. Shopping on Amazon's a bit like that. And if you can recreate that in your business, um, then brilliant. So we've got no one really understanding your customer and the emotional yep. side of it and your website. What are the things um, from a foundation point of view should people be focusing on? Um, making sure that you've set up an email list, really, really important. Email is one of those things that 
funnily, we find that um, sometimes clients have a bit of a a resistance to, um, and it, it's funny. And I think sometimes that comes from a place of again feeling being quite emotionally attached to your business. So you people worry about kind of taking that data and they worry about what their customers will think they will worry about bombarding them with emails because they don't like being bombarded with emails or they worry about um the fact that they don't open emails so they just assume that their customers won't but you know when email marketing is done right it's phenomenal um and it can really um improve conversion rates it can really um support with the efforts you're doing elsewhere. So if you lose someone at the basket, you can then retarget them through an yeah. email. Um, so yeah, so having, and, and the other thing with email, which is so powerful is you own that data. Um, you know, we've seen so many issues over the last six months with Facebook. It's been quite an interesting time. We've we've ridden a, an, an amazing wave during the pandemic where things were just going crazy. People were on their phones all the time during lockdown. They were buying like there's no tomorrow um we've got a few subscription box companies and subscription boxes just went bonkers um so all those kind of things were brilliant last year and then we kind of came into this year thinking that we've got loads that we could kind of utilize to maximize for this year and then ios hit so if you have got data that you own in the form of an email list, um, then you're in a much stronger position. If you can explain to me in real layman's terms, what is iOS? Okay. So iOS is, it's iOS 14. It's mm-hmm. an update from Apple. It, can, it started to kind of crop up around, I think, I mean, to be honest, the, the whole iOS thing feels like a bit of a time continuum it feels like a blur (laughs) I think it was around March um might need to fact check me on that one but I think it was around March and it um it's an update from Apple and it was about protecting privacy um I I firmly believe that actually you know this is just the start and I think Mm -hmm. that there will be further updates and consumer privacy will be an ongoing thing and I think that there's um so this update was asking people it was automatically opting so as soon as you updated your Apple device whether that be your iPad your iPhone whatever that device is as soon as you updated it automatically opted you out of being tracked by your apps Mm -hmm. so if you were being opted out of being tracked by your apps it meant that the data that we use for Facebook and the reason why Facebook is so powerful and Google all other platforms as well is that we have so much data and information about people. So we're able to serve them ads that are really relevant to them. But if they're automatically opted out of any kind of tracking, then we can't use that data. We can't track those people. We can't serve those relevant ads. Um, so you don't so- have any visibility. So say if it was, this might be a really silly analogy but say if it's like pre-iOS whatever you went to and your behavior in shopping and what you searched at uh, on was like leaving footprints in the sand yeah yeah and then now that iOS has come in are those footprints completely gone or are they just not as clear no they're not completely gone there is some stuff that we can still utilize and certainly if you've got an email list we can utilize you for, you know we we have your data and we can retarget you with an email list so if you signed up um 
and you added something to cart, we can retarget you with a Facebook ad as well as with an email. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just people that have, so we're actually still in the time where we're, we're trying to understand what impact iOS is having. It's going to take, a, you know, we're coming towards the end of it, I'd imagine, but we don't know really what the uptake is. I'm hearing all sorts of reports that it's kind of 50% of people have opted out for tracking, 60%. You just, we just don't know that, that information yet. Um, but that is why as an agency, we've had to kind of diversify what we're doing. So we don't, and, and the thing is, it's, it's, with anything you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket you know with organic you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket that's why we say have an email list you don't want to conversely with facebook just put all your eggs in one basket because as we've seen you know these accounts can get shut down ios can happen all sorts of things can happen which means that if you're wholly reliable on one channel on one digital marketing strategy then you know if that gets taken away you're left in a very really unstable position so we now talk about kind of an ecosystem making sure that our clients are actually um setting themselves up in a much stronger way and aren't just relying on one thing to deliver for their business um and we as a result we do uh, facebook ads we do google ads we do email marketing some clients we do tiktok ads if they're relevant um we also do um uh, bots we do a lot with bots at the moment so that's all about improving customer engagement on your website but that all pulls in and ties in with um, messenger and also with email marketing so it's about growing those those lists Mm -hmm. as well as improving customer journey actually on the website great okay and anything else from a foundation point of view before they should put their money in the put their hand in the pockets no, I think they're the core things, really. Yeah. Proven offer, proven product, making sure that you're consistent on organics, making sure that you've got your email lists and your flows set up um, with whatever platform you decide to use. More I preference would be Clavio if you're yeah. going to choose a platform. Um, and, a shop- and a Shopify website. Yeah, Shopify website, Clavio email marketing. If someone tells me they've got that, that's kind of music to our ears. Um and just making sure that you've fully audited your website and that your conversion rate optimization is really good, um, that your customers are moving through that website and they're not bouncing at any kind of place and that that journey is easy and straightforward. So when people are spending money on ads, um, what does that ad need to contain to attract their ideal client? Okay, so... If you think about it, when you're scrolling through Facebook or you're scrolling through Instagram, it's the image that gets your attention first. So that's just really important that you have eye-catching images that stop the scroll um, and a range of images. Again, going back to that whole thing of don't assume you know what's going to stop the scroll. Make sure you have a variety of images that are serving different purposes and use those. Um, so that that's kind of images are really, really important. Also video video content, making sure that you've got video content that you can utilize in ads as well. And then thinking about those images, because we utilize, we with campaigns, we don't just run out one campaign. We'll have a campaign that goes out to a cold audience. We'll have a campaign that runs out to a warm audience. And then we'll have a campaign that runs out to a really hot audience. I mean, that's kind of, mm-hmm. it's more involved than that, but on basic terms. 
Um, and the, the images that you run out to your cold audience are going to be entirely different to those that you run out to an audience that already knows you, already has engaged with your brand on your organic socials, maybe signed up to your email list. And it's thinking about what images fit with which part of that customer journey. So top of funnel, you might have something that's very brand led and it's about introducing people to your brand middle of funnel we will sometimes introduce the person behind the brand you know we'll do a bit of storytelling middle of funnel to kind of get that real kind of likability trust factor in um or we might use um user generated content that's so valuable yeah. in facebook and instagram is that kind of authentic people, opinion yeah people want to see what others think of the product how they've used it how they've styled it if it's an interior product how they've styled it if it's a fashion product you know how are they wearing it what what are they doing i've got a dog barking <laughs> um i'm gonna talk over the dog um yeah. so yeah um so it's it's about um making sure that you match what you're putting in front of people visually with where they are in that journey and then likewise the copy so yeah. top of funnel, you're introducing people to your brand, product, website, whatever it is. So there needs to be a little bit more about it in terms of, you know, your USPs and what it is about you that kind of how do you respond to that need or that want. Middle of funnel, again, user generated content is fantastic because we use quotes, we use testimonials, things like that. And the more of those you have, the better. Um, and then bottom of funnel, we will kind of look at things like, you know, these are people that have added to cart but haven't purchased. And is there a compelling offer we can put in front of them that mm -hmm. will push them over the line? Is it that at that stage you want to introduce free postage, which is often a huge barrier to purchase? Mm -hmm. um, is it that you want to offer them a discount to get them over yeah. the line? And if people have a limited budget, and I know everyone's budget is um, – particular to where they are in their business at the time and everything but is there a, a better place they should be spending their money first in terms from an advertising point of view and I don't mean I'm gonna start that again if people have a limited budget where should they spend their money first from an advertising point of from view an, oh, right okay um it really does depend on it's like how long's a piece of string it really depends on what your objective is and how limited your budget is um so if you have the pixel on your website and it's set up and it's on there and you've already got data to, despite having not run any ads or, or done anything, then you could actually at a really low cost set up um, a bottom of funnel ad just to kind of mop up people that have added to cart but not purchased. Um, and you can do that because the volume, depending on the size of your website, depending on the number of ad to carts that you get, which don't th go through to purchase, that could be run on quite a small spend um and as it's running out to a hot audience it could be that it's a really good converter for you so that's something that you could look and at when today. you when you say small spend how much a day would you are you kind of um well about? the thing with bottom of funnels is you can get away with like i mean we've got some bottom of funnels running at like seven pounds a day okay. um so i mean really yeah, yeah. I mean, two that, coffees yeah exactly that and two coffees when we're not in not living and working from home yeah exactly exactly so you could 
you could get away with that. Obviously, what you want to be doing is pouring volume into the top, which is what you yeah. do with an ad campaign so that you can funnel them down so that you've got more volume in that ad to cut. But that's, you know, if people are kind of just want to dabble and want to have a play, that's where they could look. And at what stage would you say to people invest in an agency? I think if you're serious about investing, you're serious about growth, you're spinning too many plates. That's the other thing. Um, Then I think it's always good to get an agency in, get someone that is, you know, they live and breathe it and they can do that for you. Because I think, you know, as business owners, we're all guilty to some extent of trying to do all the things and wear all the hats. And actually that doesn't always work out as being most cost effective way of doing things because you end up wasting money on your ad spend or you end up focusing on the wrong things um so if you and if you've got a product that's been selling really well or you've been dabbling with your own ads and they've been kind of good but you don't know why or they've not been working and you don't know why um because that's the other thing is understanding the data that's like huge and and where knowing what to change and what levers to pull um so that's another time that I would kind of look to get someone involved or you may have been working with a freelancer for a while and you're keen to kind of step up a level or you want someone that is able to um, take on all of it. So that, you know, you're you're in that position where you actually, you want to just focus on the business. It's doing okay. It's doing well. It's time to scale. You want someone to take on the email marketing. You want someone to take on the Google ads, the Facebook ads, you know, let's really kind of push it to the next level. And for Neon Digital, then, mm-hmm. at what stage should people come to you? You know, in terms of who who do you welcome with open arms into the agency? Like yeah, we. I mean, it really does vary. And one of the things that we, in light of iOS, one of the strategies that we now do when we we work with the client, we first of all we kind of find out where they are, what stage they are in their business. Do they have a proven offer? Do they have a website that converts? Um, have they invested in ads are they prepared to invest into ads and also are they prepared to make changes so if we see things on their website how flexible are they to our listen yeah because actually if someone isn't flexible or prepared to make changes then that's a that's really difficult to work with um so we kind of like go through that process of understanding where that person is. And then we have like a really, I get on a phone call with someone who's interested in working with us. And we actually go through in quite a lot of detail what their goals are, what where they are now, where they want to be in six months time, um, what they've tested already, what's working for them, what isn't working for them. And we go through in quite a lot of detail what that kind of mapping it out almost. And then it's a great way of actually understanding whether they're ready for running you know taking yeah. that next leap um or not and sometimes people are quite new in their business but they're really fired up and they're ready to invest and they want to invest so it's not it's really difficult to say we will or will not work with these people um so that kind of call is crucial and then what we do is we'll do a full audit of everything so we will and it's a one-off thing that we do we'll audit everything about their business we'll audit their email marketing if they have it we'll audit their website we'll audit their facebook ads if they've already been running them we'll make recommendations and then based on that we're able to then quote for doing the job for them yeah so it's actually taking on a new client can be something like a six-week process 
But the beauty of that is our clients have worked with us for some time before they make a decision to continue. They also can see the value and we're giving them a lot of value because they know where the opportunities are within their business to just tweak a few things to make sure that when they do start running ads, they're going to convert better. Um, so, yeah, so we that's the process that we go through with a new lead um, who potentially will turn into a client. But, you know, if someone comes to me and they haven't got their website set up properly, yeah. they don't have a, you know, if they've only got one product, sometimes that's quite difficult. Um, if they, you know, haven't proven, you know, they haven't tested their product with an organic audience and things like that, then, you know, we will say, actually, do you know what? Spend six months working on X, Y, Z, come back to us and then we'll have a chat and we can go through this process of looking at what you've done so far and how we can optimize it and take you to the next level. And if people do want to work with you, how do they connect with you? Where can um, they find you? Yeah, well, we've got um, a website, neondigitalclicks.co.uk. Um, Instagram's a great place. Drop us a DM. Um, we will get back to your ASAP on that. And then the process is you get a quick questionnaire to complete, to find out whether you're ready, and then we kind of get jump on a call and have a chat. If you're not, we're in the process of working up a just kind of like a little, I suppose, a mini course, um, super simple, really kind of um easy to follow to help you with setting up all those pillars so that you can come back to us and we can have a conversation about then okay great you've done that now let's scale it so you've got um, a framework and you've got yeah. you've got a framework in work yeah. yourselves to be able to help those people yes definitely great. well thank you very much for joining me today and i'll Absolutely. link those those um your information and your website and everything i will link in the show notes and for those listeners that have enjoyed today make sure that you subscribe and I'd, we'd love it if you would um leave a review and thank you very much and i will speak to you next week provided such amazing value there and if you want to work with Anna or find out more information about her the details for her business will be in the show notes and if you are interested in working with me uh, the details are also in the show notes you can find me at www.thebuyingretailcoach.com or on instagram at thebuyingretailcoach and um, I do instagram lives every tuesday usually so you can get a another weekly dose of me if you've enjoyed the episode today I'd love for you to subscribe or leave a review and I will see you next week.